Hey, it's Seeking Plum. In this episode, the topic of gun violence continues, but now we dip into mental health. We touch on the perceptions of whether a 19-year-old is considered a boy or a man, personal responsibility versus institutional responsibility, or even others' responsibility for us. We touch on services that do and don't exist how well they are set up or funded. We touch on race, and believe it or not, even the Me Too movement. I can't speak for my listeners thus far, but for me, I have found these conversations very valuable. So thank you to each and every one of you for participating and for calling in and talking to and with me about these things even if we may not have seen eye to eye. I appreciate it more than you know, and I look forward to future conversations. So, let's get into it. Hello, Seeking Plum. This is Anime Savage from Anime Nation, and I am very thankful for you talking about gun, um, re- uh, gun reform. It's something that we need to be discussing. I do, however, quickly want to talk about uh, the young man's mental state. And I think that the school dropped the ball on this one, and the FBI as well. They knew in advance that this young man had issues, and the the boy had lost his mother and father in the same year. Um, The boy was going through immense pain and struggle. struggle. They did not attempt to help the boy. Um, they, uh, They didn't kick him out of school. Because he had a, I think he had a, a gun casing, gun shell or something like that in his belt bag, but they expelled him because of fighting. I think that's completely, utterly outrageous and unfair to that young man. Hello, Seeking Plum. This is Anime Savage. This is part two of my call. And furthermore, into his mental state, I think that the boy just needed someone to talk to. If, they, if the FBI and the school had taken the time to really help this kid get over his grief and really talk to him, put him in a facility that would have helped him not only continue to learn, but continue to mourn the loss of his mother and get the love that he needed, this boy probably would have not shot anybody. But again, the school didn't want to deal with it because it was too expensive or they were just too lazy to do it. And the FBI overlooked it, and then you had kids bullying as well. So you had a lot of kids, whomever these bullies are, they're just as part of the problem as he, uh, as you know, the kid, as um, he was. You know, you shouldn't bully a person who is so mentally um, abnormal that, you know, he can hop off at a moment's notice. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that should have been corrected. Hello, Seeking Plum. This is Anime Savage. This is going to be part three and the final um, thing I have to say about this issue. Like I said. Um, the kids were bullying this kid, and that just helps him not only get more angrier, but have more of a reason of taking these kids out because, you know, he has a vengeance, you know, he thinks that, you know, he's not loved, or the world's taken what's precious to him, which was his mother, um, which is, which was he loved the most. I mean, when he lost his father, he still had his mother, but when he lost his mother, there was no nobody there for him. So I think we need to talk about mental health Especially with young men, they're going through so much now with the country, with you know Me Too and and and, and other other types of movements going on. I think young men need to be talked to. They need to be, you know, given some confidence in themselves. You know, but that's all I have to say. Um, I thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you later. Bye bye.
Hey, Anime Savage, thanks for calling in. So first, I'm going to say that I agree with you. There are definitely some mental health issues and concerns here. And that I do think there were some balls dropped somewhere in all that happened here. Now, I'm going to try to do something potentially strange. I want to move it from the specifics to more general topics here. But in doing so, some of those general questions are based on some of the specifics here or, or somewhat uh, in a fuzzy way. So he was 19. And as far as we know, he had a long history of violence and anger and some mental health issues. His mom had him in therapy up until she, his, she passed. She was adopted, his adopted mother, by the way. That's just a little bit that adds to the story. And then he moved in with this other family that was attempting to give him you know, as much love as they could and to help him through his grief. So there's a potential place where a ball could have dropped. We don't know if this family knew he was in therapy beforehand or not. It sounds like they didn't know he had a, a past or a, a, a history of violence and anger, or even about having been bullied. But okay, here you have a 19-year-old, and he is with a family who thinks they are giving him what he needs, love, compassion, and attempting to help him through attempting to help him through his grief. He knows he was in therapy for his anger and his violent outbreaks. That was my word, outbreak. I don't know if they were, if that was a, an actual word used or not. But we also know that he wanted to be famous for this violent act he committed. So who is responsible for his mental health? He's at an age when he has reached adulthood technically, he can vote. He can't drink yet, but he can vote. He can technically move out of his parents' home if he was living with his own parents. But he is living with this family who is trying to give him what he needs, love, compassion, and helping him through his grief. But then at the same time, if he has reached adulthood and he knows he was in therapy, is he partially responsible for himself, for his mental health? Obviously, there comes a point when someone is or becomes a danger to themselves and to someone else that other entities or authorities have to step in. Now, because he was 19, we don't know whether he was still attending school or not. That specific fight slash suspension you mentioned happened in September of 2016. So we can't necessarily say that the school dropped the ball because he may have been a former student uh, per one source but as far as we understand it the FBI was aware of some of his threats and some of the things he had said so there seems to definitely have been a ball dropped there now whether it was because they were lazy or it was too expensive to address this particular individual uh, I I can't speak to that but I want to share a story that I think is probably more common than we even think or know. In one particular state, if you wish to put a family member on mental lockdown, a mental health lockdown, and you call the authorities, give them all the information, and give them the person's name, that name goes onto a list. 
Now, they only pick up individuals once or twice a week because they simply do not have the funding, the staff, etc. Depending on how you describe the situation to them and how they deem the situation, that name could continue to get bumped. Also, depending how long that list is, that name could continue to get bumped. So although your loved one may be a danger to themselves and to you, they could potentially not be picked up for this, this psychiatric lockdown for potentially weeks. Part of that comes back to a system that is flawed, does not have enough funding or staff, so they're trying to cut corners. Then let's say you see a need to circumnavigate this list and this waiting period and you decide to call 911. We do not have a designated mental health emergency service. So anyone who shows up, police, fire, ambulance, can only do the best they can with how they have been equipped or trained. If the situation doesn't go awry, then sometimes the person is funneled into a situation that is not always beneficial to them. My point being, even if the FBI responds, they, they probably are the one to respond to these uh, red flags, but they're also not the ones equipped to deal with mental health issues. I don't think that we have the framework in place to address these things. And part of that comes back to having a solid healthcare system, which I don't think we do have. So I have to be frank with you. I am wrestling back and forth with some of the things that you said between having compassion for this person and making excuses for them. See, in all honesty, I have mental health issues. I have depression and anxiety, and I have lost people. I have been bullied, um, but I have not ever felt the desire to pick up a weapon and go kill anyone, let alone a group of people. And it wasn't because I received an abundance of love and compassion from others. I'm, I'm not saying that I wasn't loved. I'm saying there are many people in this world who experience all of these things and more, and they do not lash out in that way regardless of whether they have received love and compassion and a listening ear or not. This next one, I'm going to get a little testy with you here. I'm just warning you, but it's the topic of Me Too. So this next one, I, I'm, I'm going to get a little testy with you. I'm, I'm just warning you. It's on the topic of Me Too. I understand that this 19-year-old seems to have had a difficult time of it and that he has some mental health issues, okay? But to me, to say that a topic in the media is also negatively affecting his behavior when comparing it to the women's lives who have actually been affected not by hearing about a movement but by having hands on them, uh, violence against them. Um, I'm sorry, this one makes me emotional because I am a me too as well. Again, to compare a movement to harassment, 
to me is no comparison. I understand that to be generalized as a group of individuals is not comfortable. As a white person, I feel that at times because my race is responsible for racism against so many other people. But that doesn't make me a victim of their pain. Instead, the uncomfortableness that I'm feeling is that I am a part of a group that is responsible for inflicting that pain. So it's this sense of guilt and shame that I have benefited in any way, shape, or form. Now, I'm only speaking for myself, okay? I cannot speak for men in general. I cannot speak for you. I cannot speak for this 19-year-old. I cannot speak for any man. I am guessing at what it must feel like as a man to have this movement come about if, if as a man I had not done something or I had not been aware of doing something. But rather than seeing it as being a victim, I would reflect on how have I been a part of this? And if I haven't participated, then how have I perpetuated it? How have I benefited? Mental health awareness is so important. It's when it becomes a dirty word that it becomes a problem. We can talk about all of the things that have adversely affected the last shooter, this shooter, the next shooter. But there comes a point when we have to consider they're, what they're responsible for and what we are responsible for. It's Jared. I wanted to uh, comment on the conversation that was going on uh, around mental health and the school shooting in Florida. There's definitely a mental health crisis um, going on in this country. And it has been going on for a long time. But as, but as is the case in, you know, in so many, as is true in so many cases, um, it starts to get attention depending on who it seems to be affecting. A 19-year-old is an adult. You can be tried as an adult from the age of 14 in most states, and it happens all the time. Um, you can be a 12-year-old playing in the park with a pellet gun and get gunned down by the police like happened to Tamir Rice in Cleveland. So 19 is an adult. Um, so I don't want to try to frame this situation in terms of a, a child who has lost his way and is doing something. It's, it's an adult. 
it is true that some of the signs were ignored and some of the balls were dropped. And I think one of the reasons why um, his, he may have been given the benefit of the doubt that he was just troubled, that he was suffering from something and that he was just venting. And the reason that he probably got that benefit of the doubt is because of what he looked like. We have, uh, I'm in Baltimore, and we have young people who are experiencing tremendous trauma. They can't drink their water in the schools. They have lead paint in their homes, lead in their water, and they have all sorts of mental and behavioral and issues that stem just from that. If everything was great at home, but they're drinking leaded water and that would create barriers for them to succeeding in, in school and moving on. But it's not just that. It's that their home lives are nightmares surrounded by drugs and violence and trauma after trauma. But when they reach the age of 14 and 15 and they start to exhibiting violent behavior and tendencies, um, they don't get any benefit of the doubt. They can be 15, dealing with all that trauma and acting out. There's no conversations about their mental health or well-being. It's a direct encounter with the justice system. Uh, they become, they're criminalized, and they are children, but they're criminalized and treated like adults. And if it takes, like, like if the conversation about mental health does happen now, which I think it should, I think that conversation should extend to young, young people everywhere who are experiencing trauma, um, who don't get to, who don't get the benefit of the doubt, who end up destroying their own lives and destroying the lives of people around them because they don't have, uh, not because they don't have the support, uh, because they don't have a chance to go through any counseling um, or, or, or anything like that. Yeah, so yes, there were balls dropped. Yes, he was, he was, um, the signs were ignored. You have to wonder why were those signs ignored and why are not the and like, why aren't the, sign, the signs ignored for like the 15 year old kid in Baltimore who the police do this thing where they just rush up in their cars and they arrest whoever runs. You can just be in the wrong place at the wrong time and end up in the system and have all these ridiculous consequences just for living where you live and reacting naturally to the way anyone would react if you get rolled up on that way. So the young people here, they make a lot of really poor decisions that are the only decisions that seem feasible to them because it's what they know. So that's the mental health crisis like all of this violence here
all, all the things that are challenging here, if we're going to talk about mental health, it has to extend beyond just the, you know, these major events that capture everyone's attention. I mean, it percolates here in cities like Baltimore, in Chicago, in New Orleans, everywhere where there's this despair. So.